That's about it for this Magical Mystery Tour. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Tony Epstein. Until next time, have a wonderful week. This show is brought to you by Goddard College Community Radio. For more information, check out WGDR.org. Thanks for listening. On February 5th, we'll start a new monthly program, The Lit Fantastic, produced by Neil Attican and Jenna Yokoyama. was the evening after New Year's Eve, and all through the house, no one was stirring, everyone was south. Are you still working on that poem, Sydney? Yes, my night before Christmas parody, except instead of the night before Christmas, it will be the day after New Year's Eve. That would be today. Everyone is hung over from excessive drinking. The place is a mess. Someone has puked in the corner of the room. Sydney, why would you write such an ugly poem? Well, listen to this. The kids are all strung up, sprawled, wasted on beds, while drug-induced visions pounded their heads. How is that? Uh, what is the point of this little exercise? I just feel inspired, and now I'm working on this poem parody for a show they are doing tonight. What show? They're running an anti-holiday show tonight. If I can get this done before 11 p.m., then the sh- when the show begins, they'll read it live on radio to hundreds of people. On the radio? I don't think so. Besides, it's already past 11. Are you serious? Hold on, let me turn on the radio. it was so late. You really think they would run such an awful piece of writing? No one wants to hear something so negative. Maybe you should get to bed like the reasonable people. Reasonable people? And we'll turn this radio off. There. Now we can get to bed like everyone else, Sydney. Yeah, I suppose. But I'm not really tired. Peace and quiet. We can think about how wonderful the holiday was. Wonderful? You and your cynicism. Your negativity. This is a joyous time of year. I've never seen anyone hate the holidays like you do. I'm not the only one. Listen to that. Do you hear that? Someone still has the Christmas spirit out there. Well, if you like it so much, why don't you join them? Maybe I will. Sydney, you want to join me? Might as well. Too late to get my Blight Before Christmas poem on that radio program. Oh, the halls with lots of folly. Fuck, 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 fuck.
Tis the season to be fucked up. Donnie now is a fucking asshole. Up next is the Radio Theater Hour. In the next hour, this program, Ubu Hour Radio Theater, will end the holiday season. Stuck here alone. There's no one else here. So I'm just gonna try to do this show by myself. Uh, really hard doing a radio theater show by yourself. It's you know, I mean, it's, it's not like stand-up comedy where you're just cracking off jokes. I mean, I've got to play different characters, and I don't know how to do this. Oh, let me try. Okay, so yeah, we got the man and the woman, and uh, yeah, they're in bed together. <laughs> Mary, you hear that? What time is it, Dick? I don't know, late, 11. What's that noise out there? Some drunk. Why are they in our neighborhood? It's not right, Mary. Just what we need, some drunk caroler. Some deadbeat drunk ruining our night. the season to be Then listen to that. Donnie now is a fucking That language! Our Christmas holiday is almost over and that asshole out there is completely destroying it. We need to call the police, Dick! Why hasn't security done something? Security? Useless when you really need them. We should call the police! Bad enough he's keeping us awake with that racket, but to besmirch the Christmas season this way, this is too much. It's like they said on TV, the war on Christmas, the war on Christmas has even come here. That's what it is, a war. That drunk out there hates Christmas. He's deliberately mocking it. Dick, I was just thinking of something. Thinking of what? The Christmas gift we gave each other. The nine millies? Yes, maybe it's time we try them out. Use them to defend the Christmas holiday. You mean tonight? Yes, why not? Let's get up and go do it. The Christmas season is almost over and we can't let it end this way with some stupid drunk singing obscene versions of Christmas carols. You're right, Mary. We need to defend Christmas. Let's get dressed and go out and do this. Let's do our part to defeat those who declare a war on Christmas. He pulls himself out of the bed. The woman is already pulled on some cameo sweats and is now tying on one of her boots. On the dresser in the metal case with the lid open is their prized Christmas gifts to each other. A pair of 9mm semi-automatic pistols, his in black, hers in pink. Armed, they start down the stairs of their three-level townhouse and out to the drive. You got your safety off? I was thinking we'd just scare him. You're not actually going to shoot him. Why not? 
You can't do that! Not unless he's on our property! What do you mean? This is a private street! This is our property! Our HOA dues paid for this! I never thought of that! I thought we'd have to trick him into stepping onto our yard! Life ain't worth living anyways, the way it is. We might just do that if you don't leave. That would be murder. Not if you're trespassing on our property. This is the street. It's not a public street, it's a private road. What's going on? This drunk has been disturbing the neighborhood. Why do you have to point the guns at him? Seems rather extreme measures. We are going to shoot him if he doesn't leave, as is our citizens' rights under the Second Amendment of the United States Constitution. Go ahead, kill me. This world isn't worth living in with Trump as president. Amen to that, brother. We are going to shoot him if he doesn't leave. Self-defense? He's not even armed. You people are crazy. Besides, he's not on your property. It is our property. This is a private road. The HOA owns the road, not you. We pay dues, too. Will you people shut up? He's keeping everyone awake with his racket. Will you people shut the fuck up out there? We're trying to sleep. He's not the only one. We better keep our voices low. Uh, he's besmirching the holidays. It's like he's joined the forces that have declared the war on Christmas. War on Christmas? You know, the secularists and liberals who want to take Christ out of the Christmas season. They want to erase our Christian heritage. Really? But what about all the people that believe in something other than Christ? They should just take their Korans and their leaf flowers and go back to where they came from, if you ask me. No one asked you and no one wants to hear crap like that. It's not crap! Your man allowed all these people into the country, and ours will kick them back out. Your guy was weak. The whole world laughed at him. The worst president ever. Ran up a huge debt, cavorted with terrorists and Muslims. Our guy makes the world look at America with awe and pride. And wonder and astonishment. Our, Our guy, guy is, is draining the waste the... and lies and corruption out of the D.C. cesspool. Our guy brings in the best and the brightest to solve all the woes that plague the middle class and the working man. Throw out the elites! Throw out the mooch enablers! Throw out the scientists! Throw out the evidence-based facts! Make, Make America, America great again! again. Drain, Drain the swamp! Lock, Lock her up! Swap the drain! Lock him up! Make America hate again! I can't do this anymore. I'm just, it's just me here. Oh, how much more time do we got? Holy shit! Fuck, how am I gonna fill up Don't this goddamn show? Here. I mean, I can't do this. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, I brought the script in here, but no one else showed up. Why do you have to point the guns at him? Seems rather extreme measures. Uh, we are not going to shoot him if he doesn't leave. We are going to shoot him if he doesn't leave, as is our citizens' rights under the Second Amendment of the United States Constitution. Don't shoot me. I live here.
Up next is the Radio Theater Hour. In the next hour, this program, Ubu Hour Radio Theater, will end the holiday season. It will be over and completely buried. Tonight's programming will have no tidings of comfort and joy. No happy or merry or joyful triumphant. We will offer no solace as we lie on the hinge between one terrible year and the next. Here on the Ubu Hour, we'll eviscerate any goodwill and stomp and it we into... we will bury it. All the good ah. cheer from oh, the last fuck. whatever fuck counts for the holiday season will be murdered right here tonight on this broadcast. If you tuned in tonight for some laughs and fun, forget it. All we have is misery, abject misery. The affairs of the world as they are, how can one not? Okay. Do we have anything else? Jesus Christ, nobody showed up. Uh, man, this is ridiculous. This show's a disaster. There's nobody here. Sydney never brought in his Night Before Christmas parody. Everybody else is too busy this time of year. We're short of material, so we're hoping we could embellish you this something. We've got... Okay, you've got... I've got a script and now there's no one here to read it. God damn it. Radio has gone out of control, off the rails. It's a fine way to start the new year. The first show of the year, and it's already a disaster. Can one have much hope? And yet, hope, hope. You find yourself listening to utter chaos. The writers and producers of the radio program are carried away in their bad ideas. They painted themselves in a corner with no way out. Hopelessness! No way out! What else can one expect from the Ubu Hour? Instead of... Instead, we will distract you from the preceding debacle to let you know you are listening to KBOO Radio Theater, where tonight we celebrate the end of one year and the beginning of another. We're not celebrating anything! Fuck 2017! Worst year ever! Fuck God, it's over! Go away, 2017! You were the worst year ever! You think 2018 will be any better? Fuck no! Trump will still be president! This whole world is fucked! One year ends and another begins. A terrible year, I tell you! 2017 was the most horrible year ever! 
One of those years you want to completely forget. 2018 will only be worse. Trump wasn't president for the first 20 days of 2000, 2017, but this year he will be president for the whole fucking year. Maybe not if he gets impeached. 2018 will be worse. A new year begins. But does it seem any different? The unrelenting misery of things getting far, far worse. Bastard. The holiday is over. In less than half an hour it ends. This was the first holiday under the new regime. This will be the last. The last holiday ever. No more holidays for anyone but the extremely wealthy. Only rich people deserve holidays. The rest of you must work to serve the rich. Goodbye, holidays. Goodbye, vacation. Goodbye to the winter wonderland. How can it be a happy new year for anyone but the one percenters? How can it be a happy new year with a madman running the show? A madman surrounded by psychophants and sycophants and enablers and ignoble liars. No more holidays. No more crappy music. No more inducements to shop until you drop. The holiday season is over forever. A brand new shitty year. The world is one year older, one year closer to the end. The mad reign of humanity has reached its final apex. All of history means nothing as the world becomes awash in more and more madness and hate. Xenophobia and newspeak and fascist control. A world where evidence-based thinking will no longer apply. Where all the news gets labeled fake news unless it's approved by the regime. You thought this was 2018, but it looks a lot more like 1984. We now live in an alternative reality where ide ideology triumphs evidence-based thinking. Fuck 2017! Worst year ever! Fuck God, it's over! Go away, 2017! You were the worst year ever! As bad as 2017 was, you think this year will be any better? It will only get worse and worse and worse. Fuck, Fuck the new year. year. Fuck, Fuck the new year. year. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Ubu Hours Holiday Special, or rather, the end of the holiday special, here in the final hour of the first day of the new year. We wish you all a great new year. No, we don't, because this year is totally... This year will totally suck. It's over, Portland. It's over, America. And this year, we will continue to bring you the uplifting radio theater programming that we have in the past. Keep your radio tuned every first Monday at 11 p.m. to the Ubu Radio Theater Hour. If it doesn't get shut down by government thugs, and good luck streaming it. Now that Comcast and Verizon control the internet. Oi. 
What is this? Maybe we can turn down and listen to some music instead? That was the radio show! Oh, fuck. Why don't we put on some Christmas music? Let me go find a CD. Okay, let me tell you hello out there. Um. Fuck. Uh, the preceding program. The end of the holidays. Such as it was, I didn't read all the script. It was written by me. I'm not even gonna give my name because I'm just so embarrassed by this. And performed by... <laughs> well, it was performed by me, okay? Because no one else showed up. Fuck! <laughs> this has been an Ubuau Radio Theater production. Done in the studios of KBOO Community Radio. Now, let's uh, just put in some filler for the next... 40... 40 minutes. I ride the train a day before it flew off the tracks and a day after a memorial for a friend who passed. I missed both events, one with great relief, the other with regret. Death was circling. Grace, Miles, Joan. One week later on Christmas Eve, I am back on the train north, past snow-speckled fields and woods. The car slid on the icy roads. I premonitioned my death, racing on the highway with bad tires while she awaits on her deathbed after missing death on a train and its mated voyage plummeting off the tracks at 90 miles an hour to a highway below. She stopped eating less and less, becoming thin and frail, shrinking into herself. Two years earlier, it was Ashra, my favorite cat, a big Maine Coon. We didn't notice at first, as the little tortoiseshell calico ate his food, her stomach growing while he lost half his weight, and then it was too late as the body eats itself for lack of food. The cancer is everywhere. From the lungs it spread, to the spine, the liver, the spleen, the lymph nodes. Tumors in the backs of the eyes took her to endless night. Does eating feed the cancer? Is that why one loses one's appetite? Ride the train on Christmas Eve. I watch the gray pass, and I think it might be tonight. It might be one week, or it might be a couple of months, sometime longer, agonizing and painful 
and me in a numb state as the train takes me closer to the bed where she lays in a house in Spanaway, Washington. The snow outside is not enough to cover the passing woods and hills and fields, but in the thick overcast light, everything is in various washes of dull gray as the snow continues to fall. I feel guilty that I thought I could wait a few days until the weather cleared. I feel guilty as I walk around the rooms of the house and know that now it is all mine. Two weeks earlier, we pulled her out and into her sister's van for the trip north, and she knew, and I knew, she'd never have to navigate the steps again. Walk through rooms and 25 years of accumulation. She wanted to move, move every few years, to be forced to discard so as not to be weighted down by so much stuff, to not be buried underneath it all. She wanted to travel light, but I was too slow, buried alive by stuff. I arrived to the house in a cab at dark. A nephew in the yard watched me climb out. You took a cab? All the way from Portland, I said. Only $750. He believed me as he followed me into the family Christmas Eve party. <laughs> but then he remarked to it about another relative and they set him straight. She kept asking when you were coming, a sister told me in a hushed tone. The hospice care people earlier knew it was almost over. Dozens of family filled the big living room, the kitchen counter spread with dishes. In my rush to get to the train, I had neglected lunch, but before I could grab a plate, they said I needed to go in and see her. In a room to the side, behind a curtain, family were gathered around her bedside. Her skin was more gray and drawn. The seat at the head of the bed was vacated for me. Filled with uncertainty, I sat down and touched her arm. Her mother sat next to me. I said some things to her, held her arm, and she looked towards me. I tried to comfort her. She could not say anything, but she could hear me tell her I finally got there by train, that everything was okay, that I loved her, that everything was going to be okay. She started to glow. Then I went to the kitchen to get something to eat, and a minute or two later, a relative ran out of the room to tell everyone she had passed. <laughs> Nothing there. I think it made it easier that there are a lot of people there. We console each other, the various expressions of grief, some people cry, some sob quite noisily. There's still room for our usual jokes. Informed of the death, the oldest brother, who didn't like the other brother where the party was, drove up in the snow. He went directly into the room, wanted to be alone with just her and the mother, yelling for everyone to leave the room. When he was done, 10 minutes later, he walked into the living room and out the door didn't reply when we said hi to him. The youngest brother, 
later at night, arrived. Talked a bit with some of us, but then he couldn't bring himself to enter the room. He spoke of wanting to go out for coffee with her when she moved there a few weeks earlier, but her days of going out for coffee had ended months ago. On the cab ride over, the driver told me of a minister who raised people from the dead. He'd seen it himself. I didn't tell him anything about my wife's condition. It was just another Christmas Eve party at my in-laws. That was some of the last moments before I realized how close she was. I didn't think of it when they said she was gone. It is the first time I have seen a corpse, a mix of emotions, sadness, but also a sense of relief that this phase was at its end, a numbness as I walk around the room while people talk and eat and drink, at a hinge point of a life change, one of only several that occurs in one's lifespan. After 23 and a half years of marriage, which defined the preceding segment of my life, I was now a widower. The word was in my head as I walked around the living room among these people. I am a widower. The next few years will be different than the last many years. She left us on Christmas Eve 2017 at 6.58 p.m. We met on New Year's Eve 28 years earlier a party at my neighbor's house at the piano factory in Boston. I look at the photos from these times and I think how we were different people then. Somehow we drift into the people we are now and we don't know how or why we do it. The process is slow, like when one heats up the water to boil a lobster. Like when things change slowly day by day, you don't really notice. Whereas those who only come once or twice a year can see the dramatic change. The brother thought she'd be there a few months and can go back to Portland. I thought she would be in that his house the rest of her life. Her cat knew something was wrong. The cat had clung to her most of the day. After she passed, the cat immediately wanted to climb on her to catch the spirit, but people pushed the cat away. The night and the next, the cat clung to me like it wanted to say something to me. After her sister died, her sister's cat spoke to her other sister in the dead sister's voice. The dead sister's voice coming out of the cat's mouth as it looked at the sister who was alive. Looking through photographs and boxes and albums that only get looked through when someone dies. A mix of feelings as I see pieces of my life and people I don't know who they are. And yet, a younger person who was me is there with them in the old photograph. They were supposed to get the body around midnight or one after the party had dwindled. But no one came. The place was understaffed and Christmas Eve was a time people chose to die if they were near death anyways. Her brother was worried about decomposition. At 5 a.m. he called them and they didn't know when they would come. I helped him wheel the adjustable bed out of the room to the front door. The bed did not fit through the door so we lifted up the mattress slid it over the headboard to get her through the door, and then we laid her down gently on the front porch. Shh, 
She'll keep cold there, even if it takes them another day. He pulled a blanket up over her head. We, bought, we walk back inside. He starts to make coffee, asks me if I want some. I'm about to settle back to sleep in a recliner in the living room, as the bedrooms were occupied by sisters and nieces and mothers. The doorbell rings. The people to take her away have arrived much sooner than we thought, to take her away on a gurney. Cabu's blues impresario Joan Simpritzbaum passed away on Christmas Eve at her brother's home in Spanaway, Washington. For 15 years, Joan was the co-host of a Cabu show, Boogie in the Dark and of Blue Rhythm. She was also the engineer for the morning talk show Radio Zine and produced the Wednesday Community Calendar. In addition, she was an active member of the Cabo softball team. Joan originally got her start in radio at Montana State University. Her curiosity and zest for learning broadcasting led her to substitute for multiple rock and roll shows before she moved on to the MIT radio station to be a news anchor and substitute DJ. She joined KABU in 1994 during a fall pledge drive and soon brought her engineering skills to the talk shows. She would often stay on for the radio zine and eventually made it part of her regular schedule. Joan's co-host, Errol Shervey, helped introduce her to the Cascade Blues Association and she became a central figure in the organizing the annual Portland Blues Festival. Joan curated much of her blues collection from nearby libraries and focused on women and Northwest artists, but always kept a keen ear for unique blues music. When asked in 1996, Kabu Volunteer's Spotlight article about how she had learned about the blues, Joan said, quote, I've always listened to the radio, but when I was living in San Francisco in the early 80s, I'd go to North Beach to hear the blues bands. When I heard that music live, I just knew that I had found my type of music. End quote. Joan Semprebon enjoyed playing bass in blues bands and jams and a timeless and had a timeless warm sense of humor. She was also a strong advocate for Kabu and she said, quote, If I had a magic wand, I'd make everyone in Portland and the surrounding areas listen to Kabu and open people's minds to new ideas and solutions to problems. End quote. Joan Semprebon is survived by Rolf, her husband of 25 years, her mother Arlene Enslow, and siblings Mary, Patricia, Teresa, Michelle, Mark, Ken, John, and Matt. A celebration of her life is taking place Wednesday, January 3rd at 1.30 p.m. at the Fur Lane Memorial Reception Hall in Spanaway, Washington. It takes time for something like this to sink in, but I'm not as depressed as I was a year and a month and a half earlier after the election. I'm not as depressed as I was when the biopsy came back, lung cancer. At times I feel an odd sense of relief that the misery was over. And then I feel guilty that once this was over, my life would be easier than it was under the cloud of the illness. The months and months where she only left the house to go to one doctor or another, specialist. Slowly losing the ability to even move from the living room bed to the bedroom bed or back again. The failing eyesight, the darkness that could not be dispelled by any number of bright lamps. I remember when the dog got old. I'd walk it on smaller and smaller orbits, 15 blocks and then 10 and then less and less, to the point where it could no... What the hell is going on? 
to the point where he could no longer go round one block without lying on a patch of lawn for a rest. The world gets smaller and smaller, and then the world becomes a room that you cannot leave. Darkness creeps into the eyes, a smaller world still. The world shrinks up on us until there is nothing. The funeral director told us that bodies take several days to decompose. We couldn't bury the big cat for a day and a half after it passed away, and it did not decompose in that time. The big cat starved itself while the little cat helped itself to the big cat's food. The big cat was no longer big, and the little cat got fat, not big. The big cat got very weak but continued to fight any attempt at medicines. One day it was lying on the pillow on the floor, and it cried out to me in a high-pitched cry it had never made before. I laid down on the floor beside him and asked him if he was all right. He laid his paw on my arm. I drifted off to sleep, and when I awoke he had passed. He wanted me there by his side. She wanted me there too. A face frozen in an expression. Funeral arrangements. Burial near where her sister lies. Give me cremation any day. Let my spirit out in thousands of tiny particles, not stuck in a box deep in the ground. Let me flow in the wind and the river, not be trapped in a box buried in the earth. We spread my father's ashes into the river that divided the state where he was born and grew up in and the state where he lived most of his adult life and died. The ashes drifted with the currents down past the town where me and my brothers were born down the river to the ocean. Some of her sister's ashes were strewn to the wind on the mountain where her sister slipped off the trail, rolled 50 yards down an incline and fell off a cliff. A burden has been lifted from me, but I didn't want it to end this way. But maybe this was the only way it could end, to shake one from the rut of one's life. A new year comes on us and two days later I drive back north to watch them place her in the ground and cover her up. People used to have a fear of being buried alive. Embalming was to ensure that it did not happen. Photographs, an ad in the paper up there, something on Facebook. For three days, I kept trying to write something for, to post to Facebook. I finally gave up and simply posted the obit and the picture I had found of me and her back in those happy days in the piano factory. My life changes at this point. I do feel like a different person than I was a year ago. No, not different. The differences creep up so slowly like the lobster in the pot but I do feel the dizzying sensation of a major life change. One of three, five, or seven points in one's existence where one goes from one state to another. Like going off to college or getting married. I'm not sure why I'm telling you all this. I don't know who you are. You don't know me. I didn't even know if I could read this on the air, and I don't know why, except, this, ex except that this, I think, will help me cope. This is not like me to expose my life like this in a direct way without the trappings of fiction to dilute it and embellish it in an attempt to make it more interesting. 
We had some great times together, memories of laughing and doing crazy things, just us or with friends, places we visited, and there were different times. Fighting, stress, drama. Sometime, sometimes we can make the ones we love miserable. Not like when, not like we want to, but when, then sometimes you find yourself in a rut and unable to pull yourself out of it. We let ourselves be led down roads and we wonder how we got to the place that's not familiar. We wake up one day and realize how far we are from our idealized self. I think both of us felt that way in more recent years. And now she is free on a new journey. In a day, I will drive back up north, and the next day they will lower the casket. And I'll think about her. I'll think about my father, and Grace, and Miles, and grandparents, and those who passed away too young, and those who were older. Say a few words to try to convey half a lifetime. Half a lifetime is how long it's been. Her body will be lowered into the ground on the day of my birthday, and I will be twice the age when I met her. Now I feel sad, but also a sense of freedom, free from the nightmare of taking care of her, a month of almost no sleep, when she couldn't climb out of bed or pull the sheets back up without help, free from the black cloud of the illness that shrouded our lives. She's up there with her two older sisters and her uncle, Father Tony, and Jimmy and Janice, and Ashra and Wagner and Coco and Henry, and with Prince and Bowie and all those legendary blues musicians who are long dead, and those you had to see before they joined the others, and all the other people that once mattered in one's life but are gone. And she's up there with Vincent Van Gogh, Whistler, Henry Thoreau, Now I feel sad, but also a sense of freedom, free from the nightmare of taking care of her, a month of almost no sleep when she couldn't climb out of bed or pull the sheets back up without help, couldn't go to the bathroom, free from the black cloud of the illness that shrouded our lives. She's up there. What can I say? She was a blues programmer on this radio station. She also engineered the radio zine she played the bass and loved music and art and encouraged her many nephews and nieces to play music and do art. She was an educator. She lived in Bainbridge, Boston, Bozeman, San Francisco, Portland, and Tacoma. She was born in the shadow of Hanford in Richland. She hated to see suffering and wanted to protect children, animals, anyone with less than her. This is in memory of her, for those who enjoyed Blue Rhythm with Aunt Joan, for those who knew her and laughed with her at KBU events or the Waterfront Blues Fest or the membership drive. Or maybe I should be more honest and tell you that I'm doing this for myself to cope with what is happening. Thank you if you're still listening. Thank you for putting up with this. And this is all I have to say.
Yeah. I'd just like to go to Detroit and see a man in the hotel Friday morning. How about the carpet salesman, Glenn Skyle? Was that your first? Yeah. I'd like to go to Detroit and see a man in the hotel Friday morning. How about the carpet salesman, Glenn Skyle? Was that your first? Yeah. They never find the corpses, do they, Van? I'd just like to go to Detroit and see a man in the hotel Friday morning. Nobody will know shit except the soft damper. Right, Van? That where you keep him? Something passed over here, here. Got the tops of the trees. Well, it had to be huge. Well, whatever it is, it's up there. I feel like a light in the dark. You hear that? They come to me like moss because it shine. Nothing. No birds. No animals. Nothing. Slowly. Drunkard, uh, like to going underneath lights. The lights reflect the moths, the insects. Don't put that back this way. He goes underneath it and swallows them up. His reaction is the same thing, like a vacuum cleaner. If you see something pop off, he goes and pick it up and swallow it in like a vacuum cleaner sucks it into his body. Gut content analysis has shown that eat virtually any living thing that's small enough. Something passed over here, here. Frogs to Got the tops of the trees. To caterpillars, to insects, oh, crabs, mm. all sorts of things. Well, in fact, one research showed that the total people try and eat ping pong balls as they bounce past the front of them. So the general selection of food for you a cane toad is if it moves what? or even if it doesn't move. If Nothing. it can be fitted into its mouth, then it will attempt to eat Birds. it. No we animals. situations in which the wretched toads were eating the native animal. Okay, people. What we're going to be looking for here is anything 
That doesn't look right. Slowly. If I never came to this place, these people would be somewhere else right now. Ouch. Expedition team, do you read us? We show this guy our stuff. He doesn't tell us shit. Hit him. Jay! She's judgmental. People who picked on Oh God, this is just such a disaster. I just want to apologize for for this this radio theater. I mean, it was badly written. It was just angry. Uh, I just been dealing with too much other stuff, so I I didn't have anything. I, I I just kind of threw it together at the last minute because I was way too busy dealing with uh, with issues uh, dealing with my life and my family so basically this whole show is in shambles uh, last month's show got taken off the website uh, because, because it wasn't good I don't know I, I don't know I'm losing my mind here this show is a disaster. I, I'm losing my mind and I don't know what to do. Uh, God. Anyways, this is the Ubu Hour. Uh, this show is kind of a lifeblood to me. It gets me away from things, but right now I just, between what's happening politically and what happened to me personally and, and just sometimes you just feel like you feel like it's just everything is going crazy and, and you're just getting further and further into this black pit abyss and you know I just I, I I just can't write anymore I just feel like I'm just I can't do anything I can't do it I mean, I'm just barely just struggling to keep alive it's like I've just got way too much sh shit to do it's like I, I'm just from I never get a chance to sit back and like take a breath and say, oh my God, I just want to sit back and relax. It's been so long. I've got piles of books I haven't read and newspapers. I mean, I'm just, I'm always like a week behind on, on reading my New Yorkers and, oh God, I just don't know. And I don't know why I'm telling you this. You don't even know me, but you just, I'm just a, like a, some idiot rambling on and it's bad enough if I was doing this in the bar or like on the street to some strangers or like on a bus but no this is terrible I'm doing it and there's like I don't know how many people are out there listening probably not that many right now because they all turned it off when this started but <laughs> okay 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 come on Rolf get it back into control get it back okay Listen, listen, I really don't have a show planned here. I, I I mean, I did have a show planned here, but it it was a train wreck. It was like the train wreck that I almost took from Tacoma to here the day before. Anyway, so that's another story. Um, what else can I say? You know, I've got 
I've got a whole friggin' hour here, and uh, I could... I don't know. If I suppose if I juice this up with sound effects, it would sound okay. And maybe if I do it in funny voices, so it does sound like the radio theater. Anyways, I th last year sucked. Last year it just totally sucked. I hated 2017, and I really don't have that much hope for 2018 either. And that's what this radio piece was all about: was just not having hope about it. But at the same time, touch. Um, in the piece, I actually kind of did have some hope. You know, I had the, I had these Trumpers on one side and these uh, poets. I call them poets. One was a poet. They're these Ubu people on the other side. And at the end, they're kind of like, okay, we're going to make peace and we're just going to drink and talk and stay away from politics, but just try to get along. And I think that was what it was about, was just trying to get along even with people you disagree with. And, you know, I, I have friends, I have relatives that are... Um, rabid Trumpers, but you know, they're nice people otherwise. I mean, just the fact that they, you know, you can't be talking about, you know, Trump and they're like, it's like they've been brainwashed, but you know, they help out, they're, you know, they're nice otherwise, you know, they don't, and I get along with them. I know other people in my family don't want to talk to them because, because, because of the way they are, or my in-laws actually, because most, all my family were we were Bernie Sanders supporters, and... Ah, what the f... Jesus Christ. Oh, man, I don't know what to do. All right, I think I've rambled on long enough. I'm just gonna do some movie mix-ups and call it a day, because... Oh, man, what a disaster. Nobody showed up. I did a... I, I mean, because I was so busy doing this other shit, I didn't even schedule the reading until this Monday, so I gave people three days to... Or, no, well, yeah, three days to, to, about, I didn't give any previous warning, and several people couldn't make it because they were sick. So basically, nobody showed up to do the reading. Not a single fucking person in there, so it's just me by myself here, trying to salvage something out of this disaster. But if it tells you anything, you just gotta keep going. I'm, I'm just, you know, if you, the script doesn't work, just improvise, just do something. And we will do something. You know, I think, I don't think Trump's, I think Trump's going to be out of office by sometime this year. I mean, the odds are more like he's like 50% that he'll make it to 2020. But I'm going, I, I, I'm thinking, yeah, things are going to fa happen fast. And uh, he's going to try doing different things. But, and so, yeah. Oh, God. All right. This is a wrap. I got that half an hour of recording here and <laughs> Did you walk last night? Yeah. Time is it? Around midnight. Oh. I could come back. No, 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 no. No, no. I was just sleeping. I've been. You're among the first. Why? 
Why? Did you walk last night? There is no why, Pierre. It is what it is. What does that mean? Of course it is what it is. If it wasn't, it wouldn't be. Well, it's a very popular thing to say. They're my friend. There, my friend, you made it this far. The final hour of the first day of the new year is almost done. In a few minutes, it will be midnight. In a few In a few minutes. In a few minutes, this show will be over. We won't return for another five weeks, the first Monday in February. This has been the Uvu Hour Radio Theater. If you want to hear this show again, God forbid, you can podcast this and earlier Uvu Hour shows at kboo.fm. Hello? How come last month's show isn't on the website? Shut the fuck up, Sydney. And you can hear other radio theater shows every Monday night at 11 p.m. Shows like Subintellect Theater, Gremlins, and Sudan Radio Projects. Only light and dark. And this month, as a special treat on the fifth Monday, it's Walter Crowley with the Crowley Crowley Hour. The Crowley Crowley Hour. And now it's almost midnight. Thank you for listening to The Ubu Hour. Hello? beloved community in action movie nights every third thursday at 7 p.m here at the radio station in january we'll show the movie the mask you live in a documentary that follows boys and young men as they struggle to stay true to themselves while negotiating america's narrow definition of masculinity 
Again, that's a screening of The Mask You Live In for the KBU Beloved Community in Action movie night on Thursday, January 18th at 7 p.m. at KBU, 20 Southeast 8th Avenue in Portland. More information can be found at kboo.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events. KBU Community Radio holds open meetings concerning the operations and programming of KBU in accordance with requirements of the Communications Act of 1934 and certification requirements of the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Information about KBU Community Radio's open meeting policy is available by calling the station at 503-231-8032. Meetings will be held at 20 Southeast 8th Avenue in Portland. The Personnel Committee will meet on the second Monday of each month at 6 p.m. KBOO Portland. inside where everything old is new again and you might even grow nostalgic for places you've never even been to before as we climb into that big chair so we can be here now <laughs> 